0: Dark Days Radio episode number 78, The Live Show. I'm one of your hosts, Mike, and before we get to the live show that Chris and I did, I wanted to uh, front end this episode with some news. So, we just got back from World of Darkness Berlin, and it was an incredible and energetic experience. We met World of Darkness gamers and Chronicles of Darkness fans from all over the world. There were Germans, Ukrainians, French, Koreans, Russians, Brazilians, Canadians. Chileans, Swedes, so, so many Swedes, and plenty of people that uh, were probably from other countries that I just didn't happen to meet. Uh, of course, uh, we were only able to attend the show because of the generosity of uh, Participation Design Agency, the live-action firm running the whole convention. So, a special thanks to Bjarke, uh Johanna, Trolls, and Yuhanna, and all their other staff that were helping out. Chris and I, but mostly Chris, live-blogged the entire event, so if there's anything you missed, uh, there's going to be a link in the show notes to check out some of the panels, presentations, and cool LARP anecdotes. We also recorded a ton of exclusive interviews, which will be released in the coming weeks, uh, Next Friday, we're going to have an interview with uh, some Ukrainian World of Darkness uh, community runners, uh, followed the next Friday by a Chronicles of Darkness and World of Darkness crossover presentation that Chris and I gave. And finally, we're going to have a series of war stories from the Enlightenment and Blood LARP event, which is going to be coming out Friday, June 9th. Finally, I wanted to highlight a few announcements from White Wolf's keynote presentation, because there was some pretty interesting stuff that uh, came out of that. First off... There's going to be a new Vampire the Masquerade and Werewolf the Apocalypse editions. Uh, They're going to be coming out real soon, and V5 is actually in rapid development with its new lead developer, Ken Height. For those of you that don't know him, Ken is a pretty popular game designer uh, who has released a ton of great games, uh, from the eerie mysteries and exploration of Trail of Cthulhu to the paranoid vampire hunting of Night's Black Agents. Uh, he's an excellent fit to design and uh, you know, reinvigorate the uh, new version of the Storyteller system, uh, having a mastery of both game design and statistics. Uh, next, White Wolf uh, is creating a new World of Darkness community site to host interaction between players, whether it be tabletop, live action, card games, or any of the other cool new content on the horizon. So that's going to be uh, something to look for in the future and building off of that interactive community white wolf is also creating the st vault website Uh, this is going to be powered by drive-through rpg and the st vault will allow players and storytellers to publish their own material uh, even for profit and uh, they can do this for any edition of uh, any world of darkness game and i can't stress enough how much i like this Uh, I think it's a great opportunity uh, for White Wolf and players in general to support pretty much every way that uh, people want to play. So if you pick up V5 and decide that, you know, maybe you still want to run stories using the older 20th Anniversary Edition, you certainly can, and it's still going to be actively supported. That's only a fraction of the uh, World of Darkness and Chronicles of Darkness news that came out of World of Darkness Berlin, and we'll be sure to discuss even more uh, of the future announcements on uh, our next full episode. But for now, if you're curious, uh, we'll put a link to the White Wolf keynote in the show notes so you can go check that out for yourself and uh, also get some of the new metaplot ideas uh, which are being kicked around. But without further ado, let's jump into the live Darker Days recording from World of Darkness Berlin. <laughs>
1: Hey, this is Chris Handley, one of the hosts of Darker Days Radio, and I'm joined by Mike.
0: Yes, Mike, also from Darker Days Radio, live at World of Darkness, Berlin.
1: So, what's been going on there, Mike? What have we experienced here at this huge fan festival?
0: Tons of stuff. It's been a great time. There's been uh, plenty of lectures, Q&As, celebrities... And uh, you know what?
1: Maybe a little gaming as well. A little bit of gaming. And what bit of gaming has been going on? We've had Vampire the Eternal Struggle, which is, they've had an anthology deck of cards uh, printed. Yep, that's right. You know more about that than I do. So yeah, uh,
0: certainly. So the anthology deck is uh, pretty exciting because it's the first time in seven years that a uh, new set of cards for Vampire the Eternal Struggle has been produced. So uh, that's pretty exciting. uh We haven't had anything since Heirs to the Blood back in 2010, so uh, it's a big deal for the community. And uh, they were playing some storyline tournaments. They have their European Championship here Mm -hmm. where only the best of the best can compete. And uh, from what I've heard from a couple of friends over there, it's been pretty cutthroat.
1: Okay, cool. Uh, And then currently there's a V5 pre-alpha test going on.
0: Yeah, that's what everyone's playing right now. Yeah,
1: everyone's playing right now. But then the other gaming that's been going on is uh, there's been some other LARP's So they've done the reruns of End of Line. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's right. Which was uh, first done in Stockholm? Helsinki. Helsinki, Helsinki. and that's it. And that was like a a vampire rave, so that's been going on again. Mm. Um, I don't know what location they use for it, but it'd be nice to see the photos and how that's a bit different and learn from people how that version, rerun in Berlin, is uh, played out. Oh, yeah. And then, of course last night was enlightenment in blood.
0: That's right. And this is an exciting thing for uh, both Chris and I because neither of us have LARPed ever before.
1: As Martin Erickson put it, um, he was happy that he popped our cherry on uh, <gasps> laughing.
0: Oh my gosh. Well, that's basically <laughs> what happened. Uh, it was a real learning experience in many ways, but uh, I think that we really got into it uh, pretty well, and it helped that we had a great group of people in our, uh, I don't want to say coterie, but our, our initial uh, kind of starting company that we are with.
1: So, the thing that was interesting with the LARP, I mean, it's, uh, it's based on Nordic LARP, uh, which means there's less mechanics, it's more about social interaction and agreeing where you want the plot to go rather than competing mm-hmm. for the plot, and the character creation Involved an online kind of questionnaire that led you through to the character that you played. Now, what did we play, Mike? Because we kind of already colluded on what we wanted to play. Yeah, we definitely wanted to, uh, you know, this is a, a vampire
0: centric live action experience, but uh, to be able to really see everything, mm-hmm. wander around, move in and out, yeah. uh, we wanted to be part of the technocracy. And uh, we were pretty excited with that. And uh, as it so happened, there was in fact a, uh, a player option already made uh, to be Syndicate Agents. So that's what we went with. Uh, no one else had picked it yet. So um, basically through the uh, uh, online character creation process that you mentioned, uh, we picked out that we wanted to be mages in this particular company known as Integral Solutions. And from there, uh, you could also pick a secondary society that you were a part of. Um, I was in the Losers Club, and Chris, you were in the Environmental Action Plan,
1: Green Action Force. Green I action Force, interacted yes. very infre- No, actually, there was a few members in our actual Integral Solutions who were members of that. So yep. we had multiple ways of connections between characters, and that really, I think, helped tie together Integral Solutions and made it seem like this PR company that was involved in many different business and political aspects. I think what was really fun about that initial setup is while we could have inhabited the World of Darkness and had a very political game as Vampire Somewhere or Werewolves or something like that, we had a group that from the outset was a very mortal game. If we hadn't had any of the Supernatural stuff, I still think we would have had an excellent, excellent game just off that. Oh,
0: certainly, certainly. We just had some great players with us and really focused on a main mission of making money. We were in a PR firm, big accounts, high corporate interests, and we were all just focused on that uh, end goal. But we also had everyone in the company, it was very interesting to find this out, our own uh, particular subplots, our sub-goals that we were also trying to follow. And uh, the great thing about this experience is that we were able to kind of weave in and out of different stories and get little samples and tidbits of that
1: Mm. as we went. Um, So, Our initial story started with a meeting of Integral Solutions. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was playing uh, the head of finance, kind of a Roger Sterling madman kind of wheeler dealer, lobbyist, ex-political kind of conservative researcher type thing. You were playing the new rookie accountant. Yes, Michael Smith. Michael Smith. I was Alex. Newly arrived. Only one week in Berlin. Yeah. And, And we met with the rest of the company. We discussed the client we were meeting, called the New Cathars, and we worked out our pitch, trying to work out how their modern religious philosophy could be something we could sell. And then we had to go meet them, or at least they were meant to come meet us. So there was something. There was some confusion. Basically, we had to go to them. There was a crisis
0: at the Church of the New Cathars, and uh, you know we ventured over. Everything seemed positive. We got there, and they had quite the congregation—a lot of people there, a lot of very interesting types, from the homeless to the very wealthy. And we met the uh, the church leaders very early on, and um, also heard some rumors that a preacher might have been murdered on the stairs. <laughs> so we knew that they needed public relations help fast. And uh, yeah, just kind of fast forwarding, we uh, spoke to them, gave some great presentations, great role playing from the entire group, and. From there, we got to sign the
1: contract. Yeah, you sealed the deal on that one.
0: Yeah, a little wink-wink, nudge-nudge, extension of a credit line through uh, technocratic means. But it got the uh,
1: the, the job done, and uh, from there, we really entered the world of darkness. Indeed. Having done that, we headed back to the new Cathar Church and uh, went upstairs to see if we could get closer to their accounts so we could look closely at where their money flow was coming from. That was the plan. That was the plan. That didn't, and there was just us two upstairs, and then that didn't pan out too well. I don't know where everyone else went in our
0: company. They all started to get involved in their own little plot lines and all that, but uh, Chris and I were were dedicated to the contract that uh, we had just created, and we're getting to work. Uh, what we found in the new Cathars was uh, something quite peculiar. Uh, lots of strange characters, as we mentioned, were already there. Um, and then we were we were accosted by a homeless man in there who started to do some strange things. Now that I recount it as my character, something quite didn't uh, add up in that situation. And from there... We uh, were messed with by a bunch of vampires, pretty much.
1: Mm, indeed. So you, you, um, I you, ran for it. You man. Ran for I got, it, yeah. I
0: got cornered. There, I don't even know what this guy was doing to me. It was, it was terrifying. Terrifying experience.
1: Yep. And you left me on my own in a church of. What could I do? He well, said I was really, really scared. Just had to run. You just bolted, so um, I did bolt. Almost knocked you over. Didn't we, we? witnessed and heard something about in passing about werewolves or someone feeding, and that was all just kind of scary up there. So yeah, I, I made a quick step out, uh, finding you downstairs outside yep. the church.
0: Well, I was actually saved by, incidentally, a yeah. couple of vampires that we saw before. Uh, well, I didn't oh, know yeah, they were vampires. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know we had no idea. Our briefing said there was going to be maybe some reality deviants, majors,
1: more than likely. Yeah,
0: nothing about vampires or werewolves. We this knew nothing. Hello, madness. we
1: have more people in the crowd. Finally, it's happening. <laughs> it's happening here now. Yeah. So you escaped. You got outside. I did. I got outside, and then we met up with Johann Klein, who was another was one of the members of Integral mm. Solutions, mm. and he seemed up for a fight. Yeah, I mean,
0: he he lifts a lot. goes to the gym pretty often. And I saw this dude that was just like messing with me in there. It made me really scared. I was afraid. I said, hey, Johan. That guy was bothering me. And he said, let me go F him up.
1: And he did. He He beat him into the dirt for us. And that's when we began to step back and realize that we were facing two extremely powerful individuals that broke all the rules of nature Hmm. i think we witnessed some guy disappear and appear behind us you said that i didn't see anything and then quite clearly we knew something else was going on right but the good
0: thing was that johan and his buddy ralph were on our side
1: yes Little did we know, we had actually two werewolves with us, and they were beating up vampires on our behalf. Yes. Because we were poor, lowly, mort- well, and mages. That oh. is
0: how a wonderful night started. <laughs> so from, there, from uh, there, we went off on a little adventure. Uh, I was going to go buy Johan a beer uh, you know, for helping us out. And we went to the Jaeger Hut, which uh, had a lot of people there. They were uh, pretty, pretty energetic, very excited. They kept talking about, like... Red Liberation, Equality, all these other things. And Not we really my cup of tea.
1: We learned a bit about the Red Liberation because in-game there was a social media website mm. that players could interact with called Undernet. Yes. And we'd already heard about that, and it was all very strange.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of bizarre stuff. We actually thought it was just a PR stunt, some guerrilla marketing at first.
1: <laughs> Fake um,
0: news. Which we did use for uh, some of our, our PR... Uh, assistance to the new cathars, but that's another story there. Uh yeah, so we had some information. Rolf kept saying stuff about like these weird organizations that were going about the night in Berlin, but I didn't pay it too much heed. Just uh just wanted to get Johann that beer and uh you know maybe do a little more investigations into the uh the new Cathars. So yeah, we got to the Jaeger hut, you know, wandered around a little bit. Yeah. Met some pretty funky people outside. That's when we went inside, and we met some two very in- interesting individuals. Oh yes, yeah. they were
1: really good. Now we, because we, we were all like suited up, we looked like business people.
0: Very very out of place in the Yeager Hut.
1: Yeah, we mostly didn't look like vampire, vamp, vamp the way vampires dress in suits. We were rather more colourful. I think we weren't in black suits for starters, nor red shirts and mm-hmm. yep. looking like that. But we turned up and then we talked to these two individuals, and um, they were quite happy to meet humans. And yes. uh, they revealed that they were working for a company called Pentex. I wonder who they are. A huge I don't know. multinational corporation involved in uh, manufacturing, chemicals, all that kind of business.
0: Mm, yeah, your, your character is from the UK, mine was from the US, so we, we were very familiar with Pentex, but apparently. In Germany, they don't have as much of a foothold at the moment.
1: And, of course, we're always looking for investment opportunities, and this was a prime candidate. So um, what happened then? Well, obviously, my character being a syndicate agent is very good at auditing. He's very good at looking at your books and knowing where your money flow is coming from. So uh, this poor Pentex employee told me everything. I was like, you're really, 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 really going to tell me everything because I'm going to audit your books and I want to know more about your company. And that's when we learnt their Boss is a vampire, There are werewolves, they're still human, and we learnt there's vampires all around us. And that's when we were quite happy that we put two and two together with everything else we saw. Something bad was going down that very night. There is, we, um, we assumed there was something bad. That was why we were sent by... Uh, head Office by control, because simulations have said there 's going to be a Black Swan event that night, and um, yeah, we got some good possible contacts, and then we left because we we got yeah. what we wanted i mean well we 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 took some selfies
0: <laughs> uh, had a couple of shots. it was a good time, you know, exchanged some information. they were kind of dodgy though, you know I kept offering to try to help you know get in with a kind of a public relations angle with pentex that 'd be great for my career. But uh, they just weren't that interested at the moment. So there was no business there, and we had to leave. I'm going to pause our story and continue their story, because apparently after we left, they (laughs) met some red cap changelings who uh, gnawed off their hands, leaving only stumps, and uh,
1: killed those two fine Pentex employees. I think they pulled their guts out as well.
0: Yeah, and dipped their uh, hats in the blood, as the red-caps do. So we missed that, but also <laughs> we didn't die.
1: So you win some, you lose some. Oh, you don't want that up. That's a different screen. Sorry, yep. that's my screen saver there. Anyway, carry on, Mike. What did we do from there?
0: We kind of wandered off. Oh, we met Rolf again. He kept telling us about some like emotional situation he was in. There was like some love quadrangle, I think, uh, between three werewolves and, I assume, another werewolf, but possibly maybe she was a vampire. I had some theories about that. We'll have to check with those guys sometime. Yeah, And we ended up not helping them out because, uh, frankly, there wasn't a deal there. There was, there was nothing that Rolf could really do. Maybe he could beat up some vampires again for us, that sort of thing. But uh, ended up not really helping them. But we ended up in a bar, much nicer bar, Ooh. very fanciful. And that is where the action didn't ramp up,
1: but the story of our characters certainly escalated. So which bar was this? this? This is the Camarilla Bar. Oh, the Raumklung? Is that right? Was that the one name? I asked the audience, I get, a, I get a nod. Yeah. So we walked in there. It was a lot calmer than that other bar. Oh, yeah.
0: Some soothing music in the background.
1: Uh, nice decor, nice seats. Dapper uh, uh, dapper attire. we of course, we fit in. my character being a lobbyist involved in uh, getting funding from people that have lots and lots of money tangentially was also, kind of knows some people from the Hope Foundation. Mm, yep. So there were people there with Hope Foundation badges yeah, on. Yeah,
0: they're, they're a big deal in Germany. Uh, yeah. You know, they, they do a lot of investments into the arts, uh, urban development, really revitalizing the city. It's a very altruistic organization.
1: So we sat down. I had a chat to a fellow talking about... Uh, uh, potential PR opportunities with uh, the Hope Foundation. Apparently had some nice artwork that he really wanted to show me on another night because I've seen him buy some strange paintings and so forth. Mm. Uh, That was a bit bit of a fun conversation. They suggested we shouldn't work with the new Cathars. They did suggest that. That was a bad idea. They also agreed that Pentex were a bunch of uh, polluting... Uh, very bad company with pollution and green oh, issues. That was
0: that was that was interesting. An interesting remark. Now you, of course, are very into green initiatives. I uh, I'm progressive, right? Yeah. yeah, something like that.
1: I'm looking so, for ways to market g- new green technologies with the syndicate. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're looking for we're looking at the bottom line. Absolutely, absolutely, increased <laughs> and, efficiency. And then um, you got some infom- information that that was. That was this is kinda crazy.
0: Yeah, so he started schmoozing with uh some, you know, very ancient looking uh individual. And I was just uh, talking to some people around the bar. I approached a woman and said like, Hi, I'm Michael Smith at Integral Solutions. And she's like, Oh hi, I'm whatever her name was. Uh twelfth generation Ventru or twelfth generation of Clan Ventru. Um,
1: you didn't even use a single magical power nope. Wrote anything. And they just clan, divulged clan all revealed. that information.
0: I now know, as a technocrat, that clans exist. This is clearly a vampire. Clammy, cold hands. Yeah, poorly played. But I was in the camera bar, so maybe they assumed I was uh, a vampire, maybe?
1: And I think, actually going back a bit, before we headed off to that bar... I met back up with one of the members of Integral Solutions, so Ferdinand, Mm. and he said he made a new Uh deal about a computer game company. Three million euros involved in it. Now, we like to be involved in deals when they get made. Right. So we know know where all the money is going. And I had a distinct distrust of this. So I, um, using my abilities, ensured that investment opportunity failed. So he had to then reveal to his uh, his partners that no, they weren't going to get the money. No, they weren't going to get this deal. That they were screwed. Mm. So that was kind of fun. And then where do we go from the ca- the camera bar? <laughs> where did we go then? Well,
0: we we had two other things occur there. Oh yeah yeah we, yeah. We uh, this was kind of you know towards the very end of the night. Things were uh, reaching their climax in other places. We
1: were seeing people and feeding. Well. Trying to hide they were feeding. There was some
0: weird stuff going on in that bar. Uh, But this is where our covers were pretty much blown.
1: Oh, Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, yes.
0: Yeah, so uh, I was just talking to a very nice individual from the the Church of the New Cathars. Um, I was just, you know, doing my usual kind of BS, you know, talking about synergy, transmedia, and all that kind of stuff, trying to work some new angles, get some more money out of them. And he just reaches over, puts a hand on my shoulder and says, tell me your darkest secret.
1: And what is your darkest secret? That I betrayed control. (laughs) You betrayed control? Yep. Well, um, I guess when I find that out, hopefully, you'll get me sent back for conditioning. Oh, no, they already
0: know. They have already brainwashed me and conditioned me uh, at this point. And I merely asked him for some assistance with getting my old personality and
1: memories back.
0: Of course, we weren't able to... uh, finish off that storyline in the game, but...
1: You weren't were the only continue. one that actually divulged, divulged information. Mm. I nope. got asked what I am. Not who I was, what I am. And so again, this vampire suddenly learned that I was a, a technocratic union syndicate agent. Yeah. I don't think that player was really expecting to be talking to mages tonight.
0: No, that's what I heard from the New Cathar guy as well. He's just like, what? <laughs> what are you doing here?
1: Did we explain how many... Did we? Have we already mentioned how many technocrats were in the game? We have not. How many people are on stage currently? Uh, There's currently two on the stage. How many technocrats were in the game? There were two. There were two. We had no backup. There we were, going into this situation. We were just sent by control to observe, to learn, to get data, to find investment opportunities, discovering vampires of all sorts fighting, werewolves of all sorts fighting, and with no backup from hit marks, nothing. We were screwed if something went down. But you know what? It didn't go down. It didn't go down. No. So we, we survived. So we. It was then getting pretty late in the night. I think it was all. It was getting close to one o'clock. Mm, yep. And we headed back to the Jaeger hut because in you know. Out of game, we knew that was the last location, and we didn't want to wander around the city all the time. We were getting a bit tired, so it made mm. sense to go to where surely the, the climax, in some respects, of of at least part of the game was going to occur. And we met a uh, a, a homeless bum of a vampire traveling around Europe. He wasn't really super homeless, but no. he was. Okay. He explained he was traveling round in cargo containers. Oh, but, oh, I missed that. Oh, I heard that. Whoops. And you're like. You travel around in cargo co- containers, and then you learn about you know vampires, and you know they hate sunlight. You mm-hmm. put two and two together. So we we made him a deal. He had no money. We have lots, tons. So your powers at this point, we can explain. What were your powers?
0: Oh uh, mine were to really, really extend a credit line. That's how I uh, sealed the deal with the uh, New Cathar Church at the end. And also, uh, I could just exterminate any debt that anyone had. I never actually used that one, but I did extend another uh, did deal you, to can you actually
1: shut down their funding? I thought it was like... The one was... Ex- give them money to uh, get I rid of their I debts. I believe I could only extend the credit I you could, Oh, We were right. doing
0: the good, pe- good cop, bad cop kind of
1: thing. No, you had the other one, I'm sure. I, re- nah, I, I, whatever, I can
0: right. give people more money and... I can eliminate their debt. Oh, okay, right. So but my the, the, the stingy thing about it is they don't know where the money's coming from. No. And you can audit them and find out. Hmm, we're, came good, from the mafia. we're good with numbers.
1: We're very good with numbers. Extremely. Um, and then my powers, as I said, was auditing, and the other one was causing. So the investment, the reason that fell through, my powers, your investment will really, really, really cause this project company to fail or succeed. It's a shame we didn't get to use that with betting on
0: underground fighting. I never actually met any of the other people in the Losers Club. Nope. I was supposed to hang out with them, but they're <sighs> too secretive, you know?
1: Far too secretive. Mm. They were mostly an underground fighting ring of, what, werewolves or something?
0: Yeah, I would have probably <laughs> been squished pretty <laughs> so fast. It would have
1: been great to have bet, put a bet on you and then turn, walk over to your opponent, and if they were a werewolf, go, you have to lose, I've bet on you, and by my really, really power, you lose. That would yeah. have been great. So we gave this guy some money. <laughs> We did. And little does he know, we, we have a habit of giving... He wanted it in cash. Yep. Uh, no strings attached? Mm. Well, we have strings. Little does he know, they're mostly marked bills, radioisotope, And we'll watch where he goes round Europe and track his money trail. And that's pretty much the game. That was, that yep. was our night. So we didn't butcher anyone. We didn't nope. murder... Well, no, we inadvertently... Caused things to happen. We seemed to walk from location to location, and after us, chaos would erupt, people would die, and we only learned about all of this at the end of the game. So, Johan Klein, who was in our company, he, through the deal that you made with the new Cathars, killed 14-odd vampires at the end of the night?
0: Yeah, we convinced him to beat up that one guy, and then the bloodthirst was just there. So when the clock struck midnight, he just started eviscerating vampires. And I think Unfortunately, ones that we had contract with.
1: But yeah, yeah, problem with that. You make a deal with people and then they, they, they're dead. Yep. That ain't good for business. No, definitely not. Um, like we said, the Pentex, the the Pentex employees, we were dead. Yeah, <laughs> um, unfortunate, but that's what happened. I don't know about the Hope Foundation people. They may have had a. They were having a meeting as we were leaving. We were told we had to go. So uh, uh, oh, yeah, uh, one they, of the Hope Foundation yeah. guys, who I knew f- through you know fundraisers and so forth, goes, "This place isn't safe for you. You should you should leave now."
0: They happened a bunch of times. Like there was that random photographer in the Jaeger Hut. Who was like, "You guys should leave." Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <We're> like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it seems like a good time for that. And then <sighs> Floyd, another Im- co-worker, ran out of the
1: church and said, get out of here, run. So so quite clearly, if we would sum up our first LARP experience, mm. first of all, we were told by the, the guys playing the New Cathar they really enjoyed the pitch yep, that we that was, that was done and that we improvised the kind of... Because we played it just full on as Mad Men.
0: We, yeah, we just watched a lot of Mad Men. And we lo- watched a lot there. of Mad Men.
1: Yeah. Um, and then... And then we just seemed to explore the world of darkness, and and a trail of bodies and blood and fire. Just and then we learnt, of course, at, at the very end of the night, the the Church mm-hmm. of the New Cathars was raised to the ground, burnt. It was great, it really good first lap experience. I Absolutely. love playing a Syndicate agent. I think it's uh, a wonderful way of interacting with a game in a uh, well, you know because obviously we were going into. You know, we're at World Darkness Berlin, Vampire 5th Edition is announced, Vampire is mm-hmm. of course extremely popular, Werewolves also, because everyone likes to have a brawl, a bit of a fight. Yep. But we wanted to observe what was podcasting, and we got to sample pretty much every bit of the setting, except for the changelings. We just missed them, we luckily. We missed them. We could have e- experienced something. Like the gnawing of their teeth on our bones. Ugh. That would have been terrible. So, at this point in the podcast, when we do our recordings, there will be a now for the secret frequency. So, we went for something that was very Berlin themed. Yes. The secret frequency for today is the ruby-eyed alchemist of Peacock Island, ah. which is an island, obviously, in Berlin. So, the island is known as the Fauen Insel, or Peacock Island, and it's a nature reserve currently. But it also has a very interesting history. That history is with a certain alchemist. So, at one point, the island was belonged to a Prussian ruling family, the Hohenzollerns. Uh, Zollern, yeah for about 100 years. Uh, they, ha- they have some whimsy and scientific curiosity, and so they established on the island a, uh, a, a folly, uh, you know, a false ruin, mm-hmm. and this is in the 18th century. Uh, there was also a place where um, this Hohenzollern uh, and his mistress would obviously go to have fun times, but that isn't the point of this story. Uh, no, instead, uh, they also had numerous things there, like uh, a menagerie, peacocks, lions, llamas, monkeys, and kangaroos. Why not? Why not? A menagerie. How wonderful. But also, uh, this uh, this island was given over to the court, uh, court chemist, or court alchemist, as he would have been back then, Johannes Kunkel. And so he's a chemist and alchemist. Uh, he, he is quite well known in chemical... Uh, journals. He, he's uh, respected in certain things. Uh, he was pushed out of his job in Dresden. There was some... Uh, previously he was in Dresden in northern Germany and there was obviously some sort of courtly conspiracies going on. So he fled to Berlin. It was Well, he was invited there by Friedrich Wilhelm. and Friedrich and Kunkel were the only people allowed to come and go to the top secret laboratory on the island. So... Uh, they, the the Kurfürst, Anyone want to translate that one? Elect account. We worked out. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he obviously had a love of everything of uh, fire, glass, and elixirs, because you know chemistry back then was more of an art rather than an actual science. So they visited it and they did experiments. Now Kunkel uh, learned how to make artificial ruby on this uh, when he was there. So. FYI, Artificial Ruby is still important right now in modern day technology. You mostly have it in some device on you or at home because it's used for red lasers. I wonder if Kunkel knew about red lasers? Maybe he did. Maybe he did. So it's, a, it's an important commodity because obviously you can palm it off as kind of jewellery and so forth. And, uh, but it's not true Ruby because uh, it doesn't have imperfections. Anyway, there's numerous funny smells and clouds coming from the island, wafting over across the Havel. Uh, Obviously, the Berliners had suspicions. Of course. And uh, people said that Kunkel was conjuring gold for Friedrich. He's an alchemist, of course. And that they had a pact with the devil. And Kunkel was bestowed with dark magic powers. But anyway, the Fawenensel experiments were short-lived. So, um, he was there from what 19 uh, he left in 1930 he was there for a few years so in 19, oh, no, sorry, 19, 1630 so in 1689 an explosion sparked a fire that burned the whole laboratory to the ground there were rumours this is divine punishment for Kunkel's uh, dealings with dark magic Friedrich III who was the previous Friedrich's uh, son mm-hmm. accused the now ruined court chemist of witchcraft we know what happens to those accused of witchcraft Usually you burn them, but... Um, you can dunk them in water and see if they float or not. Yep. Uh, and um, he fled to Stockholm to ki- the, the king of the Swedish... Uh, uh, the king of the Swedes, King Charles the 9th? Uh, 11th? 9th? 11th. Is that right? The 11th, yes. Yep. He fled from Catholic Brandenburg-ish
0: to Lutheran Sweden, where they're less likely to burn them.
1: Good. And it was quite a smooth life there. uh, Life there for him. He was awarded a noble title. Uh, Kunkel obviously was, you know, allowed to live comfortably until his death. uh, Death in uh, 1703. But there is more to his story because while he was there, he was never able to make the uh, the the ruby red, the fake, you know, artificial ruby glass ever again. Mm. So, if you go to the island, there is the chance that you may encounter the ghost of Kunkel himself, a shadowy figure with ruby red eyes who apparently haunts the island, seeking out the secret that he once knew, which is how to make artificial rubies. So, how do we use this in the world of darkness and That's Chronicles I mean. of Darkness? Are there ways to do this, Mike?
0: Sure. Well, I mean, so this kind of a character, this sort of a historical figure, is very easy to apply to your games, mostly as inspiration. Um, certainly, you know, here at uh, World of Darkness Berlin, we've been talking a lot about vampires, so I'll just start right there. A couple of, uh, you know, easy ones are that uh, he is uh, very alchemical in nature, so he's going to be. Uh, perhaps a character, a ghoul, involved with the, uh, the Tremere, uh, for example. Now the interesting thing you can play with that is, as, vampire, a-, as a-, a ghoul exists and then becomes a vampire, they become more static. So it may be that uh, he was a ghouled mage. That's how he was able to create this uh, artificial ruby and after he was embraced and became more static and lost his dynamic magic, uh, he was no longer able to create those items. So when you actually see his spectral figure haunting the island, maybe that's still the undead vampiric form of Kunkel himself. Now moving away from the uh, the World of Darkness, uh, in Chronicles of Darkness there's a lot of things you can do. Uh, For example, The uh, game Promethean the Created has a very interesting legacy known as the Galatides. Now, in Promethean, uh, these these supernatural creatures are created from a demiurge, for example. And the Galatides are these very perfect beings crafted from stone, or perhaps glass. Now, uh, Frederick Wilhelm had a strong interest in fire glass and alchemy and elixirs, which seems to me that this would be the perfect place to have a Galatide-like entity created or a, uh, a Galatide themselves um, being adopted by that courtly family there. Now, you can take that a little bit further. Prometheans have this disquiet effect and the wasteland effect. This would cause anyone hanging out on the uh, the Peacock Islands there to fear it, first Mm -hmm. off, and it would also slowly decay and be destroyed, which could explain perhaps the fire occurring on the island itself.
1: Excellent. So we've done Promethean. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. What else did we cover? Sorry, I was just looking. Unfortunately, this is where I'm going to reveal we've got no sound on the live feed, so... We don't? (sighs) That's fine. That's fun. Technical difficulties. But we're recording, so this will be uploaded. Don't worry. You know, this always happens. So much for being live. We're live to the audience. Yep. Which uh, Certainly. Certainly. <laughs> so what did we cover? So, Horn, I was just checking up on that. So we've done Promethean. We've also covered which other one? I did Vampire a little bit.
0: Maybe a little bit of Mage right there.
1: Okay, so for Mummy, let's do Mummy the Curse. So there are creatures known as An- uh, Amkata, mm-hmm. who, who are chimera creatures. Uh, they're made from different, different, uh, different animals. And to uh, bring them to life, they use Sekhem. And the people that are behind doing this in mummy are Last Dynasty International, who date back all the way to Egypt. So I can quite easily imagine that our alchemist uh, Kunkel uh, is a member of Last Dynasty International, or at least the version of Last Dynasty International at that time, and his laboratory was a place to make use of the menagerie there to create these creatures, to learn more about how the Arisen operate. Very good. I like it. So that's quite simple.
0: Yes. Actually, uh, kind of playing off of that, one of the interesting things about this island, you know, there's this whole menagerie of creatures. Lions, llamas, uh, peacocks and more. Kangaroos, for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On that island now, all those uh, animals are gone, except for the peacock. Those imported peacocks have now kind of taken over. So maybe there's something to that. What are some of the uh, supernatural folklore uh, aspects that we know about the peacock?
1: So the peacock was a creature attributed to Hera in Greek myth, mm. and she took the head of a multi-eyed beast known as the Argus and uh, attached it to the back end of a peacock, or of a creature that mm. would become the peacock. So maybe there is some legend there that, again, that's another example of a very ancient Greek um, attempt at making an Carter What if all the peacocks on the island are those creatures? It's hard. Not sure how you use that in your game, but
0: it's something to think about.
1: Uh, If I was a mummy, I would not go there. No, certainly not.
0: Certainly not. So, what else do we have? Uh, Of course, we uh, have mentioned him being a spectral entity, uh, which makes it an interesting place to visit for Wraith. You know, the ghost of a uh, perhaps even a paradox spirit of an older mage uh, can wreak havoc on the Shadowlands. And uh, in the case of a paradox spirit, it would be very challenging to remove, since uh, I don't believe they have any links to particular fetters or uh, other uh, means of binding them to the Shadowlands.
1: Okay, yeah. That so that uh,
0: makes it makes it very difficult. Uh, perhaps this is an optimal place for uh, certain passions of wraiths in uh, the classic World of Darkness, and this is a place they like to, to go. However, the presence of this somewhat malign spirit uh, may be preventing them from staying there permanently.
1: Maybe what the ghost of uh, Kunkel is doing, he's, if he's a ghost and we consider Geist the Sin Eaters, maybe he's looking for a vernian Gate. Mm-hmm. He's looking to get into a domain which is a ghostly reflection of the island. And when he gets there, he can finally reclaim the mystery of his ruby. Yeah,
0: certainly. Uh When you go to the Underworld in Geist, there can be echoes and reflections of the past, and perhaps by exploring a particular reflection, he can actually find his previous old recipe, which was surely burned uh, when his laboratory was torched.
1: Right, how are we doing for time? We've had quite a few uh, ideas there. Have we got any uh, last uh, idea? Nope, I think we're good. No. Yeah, so that is it. We will... Obviously be talking more about uh, end of um, Enlightenment and Blood and more about mm-hmm. what we've learnt. We've done interviews with people. Indeed. We will be doing more interviews uh, uh, later in the day and hopefully tomorrow. Uh, those will be uploaded. Um, already on the Beast of website there are keynote speeches by, yep, that's correct. Um, by the uh, White Wolf team. I've got a recording of Justin Achilles' wonderful uh, presentation. I believe there's also video that we can get off the uh, organisers, so we will share that. But otherwise, I think we've had a, a good, good, uh, good bit of fun, good bit yeah. of gaming, and um, excellent secret frequency idea. Certainly, uh, had great fun at the LARP, and there's still more stuff to do. Thank you to people who actually turned up. Everyone <laughs> else is just playing Bunch Vampire Fifth they Edition are. pre-alpha. They are. Um, oh yeah, oh, of
0: course. The European Championship is going on right now. Yeah. we have a tough time slot here.
1: And as yeah, I said, like you fine. know, this should have gone out live. I'm really sorry. I'm sorry to the Beast of War team that it didn't. But it's technical issues. Yeah, yeah, we're right. doing as much as we can. Um, shit happens. Oh whoa 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 whoa. No, well, we can bleep. Oh no, we're not live. We can bleep it. Bleep it happens. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> there we are. Right. Yeah. We we normally. Looser with our language, but... Uh,
0: Apparently, Beasts of War is a family website, so...
1: Yeah, well, Even though they got games that deal with death, destruction, Warhammer, demons, and all yeah. that stuff. So, thank you. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe. How can they find us, Mike?
0: Oh, well, you can check us out on our website, which is darker-days.org. We have a sweet Facebook which is facebookcom slash darkadaysradio radio At Darkaday's Radio on Twitter is always good. Indeed, and we have our Google Plus community, which has some crazy code at the end that I will never remember. But it does have
1: some interesting activity there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a blog that we sometimes update um, with other gaming stuff. I believe that is it. And of course, if they want to email us, they can get to us at via what email? Darkaday's Radio
0: at Gmail.com.
1: Indeed. And that's it.
0: Well, this has been great. Thank you, everyone.
1: Thank you very much. (laughs) Much obliged.
0: This has been an episode of Darker Days Radio. Special thanks to Occam's Laser for the intro, outro, and new bumper music from their hit album, Nine Circles. Check out the rest of their work at occamslaser.bandcamp.com.